0: Ever wonder what motivates people to get plastic surgery? Did they regret it? What can we learn from the stories of plastic surgery patients? I'm Dr. Javad Sajan, and this is the Plastic Surgeon Podcast. Welcome to our mini-sode called Clinic Talk. In the Clinic Talk episodes, Sabrina Sajin and I discuss unique and memorable events that happen at our plastic surgery practice. Sabrina, how's it going? It's going great. So at our practice, we have so many special events that happen, <laughs> right? Definitely. <laughs> and we can't talk about patient names or any unique identifying stuff but we have some really, really, really unique stories, right? Definitely. When, and these stories are not just with patients, but also with the staff that we have the privilege of working with. Today, we're going to talk about three uh, memorable events, if you will. So the first one has to do with bed bugs, right, Sabrina? Yeah. And <laughs> this is something that's really unbelievable. So Sabrina and I come every morning to the to clinic and the practice together and we go home together and it's it's really amazing i feel really blessed so we we came on the surgery day to our surgery center and i go in and as i'm going into the practice i'm I'm, um In the elevator, my phone's blowing up all these texts and calls and I can't pick it up. It's in the elevator and our anesthesia provider, Patrick, is blowing up my phone and I'm trying to come, I'm trying to come pick up the, I'm trying to pick up the phone in the elevator and it's just ringing like crazy and I'm losing him in and out. So I get, walk in the door and Patrick runs to me, right, Sabrina? Yeah. And he's like, Javad, Javad, Javad. I'm like, Patrick, what's going on, buddy? And Patrick is an amazing anesthesia provider. But sometimes he can get a little worked up, right? <laughs> and what did you tell me, uh, Sabrina?
1: Uh, he's like, we have
0: a situation, Javad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm like, okay, Patrick, let's go to my office. So we go and we sit down and he's like, Javad, the patient has bedbugs. I'm like, um, Patrick, bro, what, what do you mean? He's like, there's sores and ulcers everywhere. There's bedbugs. We can't do the surgery. I'm like Patrick. How do you know there's bed bugs? He's like I saw sores, and then I asked him. So did you ask the patient? And he's like, um, yeah, yeah. They said they may have had bed bugs. Um,
1: and, and then and then Angela walks in. Angela is one of our nurses here. Um, and Angela, um, runs to the office and she says, well. First, they didn't tell us they had bad bugs. They said, "I have
0: an itching problem." Yeah, they, Angela told us there's. A, I the patient said they scratched themselves, right? Yes,
1: they have and a the, scratching problem. Yes,
0: yeah. and then what? And what did Angela say after
1: that? Angela said, "Are you sure you have a scratching problem?" They said, "Yeah, yeah. This is normal. This happens all the time."
0: So uh, I go in, and then uh, so I have conflicting reports. I hear there's a scratching problem. I hear there's bed bugs. Uh, everyone is freaked out, right? Because you know, everyone knows bed bugs are not. Something you can easily get rid of if you have them. So I, I go in there to talk to the patient. And the patient has these little sores all over their legs and abdomen. And in the area I'm going to do the surgery, I'm not going to tell you guys which area. Um, and so I ask him, uh, what's going on? And first the patient tells me, well, doc, you know, I, I I like to pick at myself. And you know some people are pickers, they pick at themselves. I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. I'm like, how do you pick on the backside or your ankle. And um, they're like, well, you know, I was at my friend's house and they had some bed bugs, but I don't have any bed bugs. I had my house inspected by my doctor. (laughs) So then I I sit down. No, I didn't sit down because I was worried about bed bugs. So I stand in the corner of the room and I nicely ask the patient, "Um, so you're telling me that the physician or doctor or provider you have went to your house to inspect the bugs? And they're like, no, 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 no. They looked at me. I don't have any bed bugs. But my friend might have had bed bugs, but I don't have any bed bugs. I've been totally checked. Right, Sabrina?
1: Yeah. They denied everything, basically. They,
0: yes. They totally denied everything. Um, so then I said, you know, I, we can't do the surgery at all, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, we're not doing the surgery. I'm sorry. I, I need uh, a certainty that you don't have bed bugs. And for many reasons, right, Sabrina?
1: Definitely. Yeah. What are
0: what are, what are are some of those reasons why we need to know?
1: Well, we need to know because it's, you know, they're open wounds. And because we're doing a surgical procedure, we have to make sure that there's no open wounds or any infections going on before we start the surgery.
0: Exactly. And the other problem with that is if this patient really has bed bugs and we have them in our facility, that's like a huge risk, right? Definitely. So we cancel the surgery. So I, I, I told the patient, look, I'm sorry, we can't do the surgery. We got to cancel it. And then the patient, um, I'm like, uh, our coordinator will be here to reschedule you and tell you what we need because we'll need a doctor's clearance. We'll need to make sure there's no bugs running around, right? And so I I leave. And before the coordinator comes back, the patient opens the door, slams it shut, and runs out of the office. Yeah. It was unbelievable. So then we're trying to get a hold of the patient. No one's responding, right? Yes. And we're like, wow, this is so weird. And then we, uh, we don't hear anything for a day or two. And then we get all these review notifications, right? Yes. <laughs> we, so the patient wrote this um, uh, long, long review of not pertinent to the bed bugs being super negative that we canceled the surgery. Yes. So obviously we you know we, we called the patient we finally got a hold of them and we told them you know this isn't fair you're leaving us a review for canceling surgery because of bed bugs and um it was just a lot of back and forth and you know we were happy to give the patient a refund all the and we offered that to them right Yes definitely so after going, you know, back and forth so many times, we're like, we're not doing they're like the patient demanded surgery. And I remember the patient told said, and I even ended up talking to them, and they said, Do my surgery. I don't want a refund. And if you don't do my surgery, I'm going to write more reviews. Yeah. And you know what I told them? Go ahead. You no, know, because I can't jeopardize one, the safety of the practice, the safety of the patients. And now I have this combative situation that I don't, you know, I don't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So we ended up not doing the surgery. The patient left these ridiculously fake reviews. And eventually some time passed. They reached out back to us and um, they said, okay, I'll take my money and remove the uh, fake reviews. Because the reviews had nothing to do. zero, zero or why we canceled the surgery. So basically we gave them a refund and then everybody walked away and it was over. Yes. Right. But this is like a bigger issue that we have in our clinic.
1: Oh, co- and then after that, when the patient, yes, when the patient runs out of the office, Patrick and Angela run and put on hazmat
0: suits. Oh my God. This was <laughs> something. Right. So basically, the patient got us a letter that didn't have bed bugs, but we didn't know. We didn't trust them. So at the same time, when, but when they left, right, we mm-hmm. didn't know. So we had to shut that room down. They were. The, the patient only sat in one chair in the exam room and when Patrick and Angela put on this like like they look like those radiation people right yeah. right and they and they went to Home Depot and we bought all that stuff what was all that
1: yes we bought a steamer then we bought a humidifier then we um, shampooed the entire carpet in that room and all the furniture and it was a whole day worth of cleaning
0: exactly and we couldn't use the room we had to we've we've we followed all the protocols for a potential bed bug decontamination. It was this whole ordeal. Yes. It was something else.
1: So the entire surgery time was used up to be cleaning the room.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the real question that's asked, Sabrina, is something we deal with all the time, is when people intimidate us or threaten to leave fake reviews unless we mend to their will. Mm-hmm. And don't you think that's been happening a little bit more as we're getting more known?
1: Yes. And it's, it's a little sad because a lot of times patients will start demanding things over the phone like you must do my surgery or you, yeah. you must give me this price. Um, I will not pay any more than this and so forth. But, um, you know, we try our best to do whatever we can for the patient um, to make it work for them, such as this bed bug patient. Um, when they called after a couple of days, um, they were cursing over the phone. They were that upset that we weren't doing their procedure.
0: So you deal with the patients more than I do as far as when, you know, with, when they have certain issues or someone's not happy with either a med spa or a cream or anything like that. So how do you handle the patients that sometimes are, are saying, give me this or I'm going to give you a bad review? What do you, how do you manage those?
1: Well, we first, you know, the m- main important part um, is to listen to these patients. Um, you know, we we give them a call, we hear we hear them out, and that's that's the most important thing. I think that's what a lot of patients are really looking for, is to see if someone's going to reach out. Um, we always, always, always reach out mm-hmm. to every patient. Um, we always make sure everyone has a great experience at our practice. Um, so we, you know, call them, we hear them out. We want to understand what they're looking for then we give them um an understanding of where we're coming from and why um a price is the way it is or why we can't proceed with surgery and many times um you know most patients are able to understand where we're coming from but there are those few outliers that don't understand that and end up you know leaving negative or fake reviews
0: and it's so wild because you usually when someone leaves a bad review it is not, they're not upset about that service. Mm -hmm. It's usually something else. And they're using that as a way of getting out their anger or whatever they're feeling. Don't you think so? Yes. Mm -hmm. That was a wild episode. And I'm really happy we stood our ground, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, There was a lot more interesting stuff that happened with that case, right? That we Mm -hmm. can't talk about all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's talk about our next one. Yes. So what's the next one?
1: So the next one is, um, I guess, an ex-employee. Um, or you can say one day employee.
0: (laughs) Oh, this was a wild episode. So the part of our practice that's been the hardest to recruit for and maintain is the is a, the role of insurance coordinator, right? Yes. This was absolutely wild. So we hired a person, we can't say their name, obviously,
1: Well, first, they came in for their interview. okay., okay. Um, yeah, super yeah, sweet. Um, uh, we interviewed them. They were really, really nice, um super experienced, had about thirty years of insurance experience, um, knew all the um you know words, and um knew exactly how to answer the questions. And um as part of our interview process, um for every position that we have here, we set up a job shadow day. Yeah. Um, so we did the interview amazing. Um, we sh- set up a job shadow for this individual. They came in for the shadow, um, and I remember um,
0: that this person brought cookies. yes, and I didn't use these words, but this person has so much experience. people were people were like, "Oh wow, these are like my grandma's cookies." and this person reminds them, reminds some of the other staff about their like grandma and the, and um, the patient liked that, right? She liked being called that. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah so she we'll, was, let's call the patient grandma because she liked that. I'm sorry, the, the staff member.
1: <laughs> yes, um, let's, uh, the staff member. Yeah, so she um, gave, I guess, a grandma vibe to people. Um, and she was really sweet and really uh, very caring. And, you know, she after her shadow was completed, she hugged all the um, employees that she shadowed with. She, um, you know, talked about um, how she can't wait to join our practice and um, super, super sweet. Uh, everyone loved her. And after usually when our shadow was done. We get feedback from everyone and everyone had only positive things to say, right? I remember that. And
0: she had a cool story because she was a farmer mm-hmm. and then she had some issue with on the farm she was living because her boyfriend kicked her out of the farm because he had somebody new. So then she was like, that was a little red flag, mm-hmm. that whole story that she was with her boyfriend on his farm and he was like, you can't be on my farm because I have this other girl on my farm and <laughs> tonight you got to find your own place. And it was all this little drama thing going on, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's why she was trying to work now.
1: Yes. And another funny part about our interview I still remember till today day is we always ask people like, you know, what you're what are you looking for? What are you looking to make? Um, you know, you like to give a good and get, get get a good understanding of you want them to make sure that um they're able to um live on their own and what we offer them is, you know, good enough for them to be happy. Um and I remember she said, I want seven dollars an hour. That's I'm, what she said.
0: That was wild. Literally. She literally
1: said $7 an hour. And I said to her, that, that's not even the minimum wage. And she's like, yeah, I know that. She said, I just want $7 an hour because this is my passion. I love to do insurance work. I love to do the billing side of things. And that's enough for me to just you know be happy and be on my own.
0: And when that, we ended up making her an offer and we couldn't pay her $7. <laughs> so we paid her a reasonable, we offered her, right? Yes. A reasonable wage for that job. And she ended up taking it.
1: Yes. And then during her, you know, we always ask a few preliminary questions during their interview. And um, they also have a little form that they have to fill out where, you know, ask like, you know, their past criminal history, ask if they had felonies. It asked if they've never arrested and things like that. And, you know, everything was clear. Everything looked good. She Based except- on what she self-reported.
0: And I even asked her in the interview. I asked everyone if you've ever been arrested or convicted of a crime. I remember she said no.
1: Correct. And all her forms, she said no. And everything looked great. We're like, oh, this is going to be an amazing hire. She's amazing. She has a lot of experience. The team was excited to have her. And then her first day. Um I still remember um her background check was taking forever to come back. Do you remember that? Oh, it usually comes back within a day. Mm-hmm. And we don't
0: give people access to any patient data until their background check comes. So, we, she was in the office, she started in the office. Well, we
1: we also um we pushed her start date out as well because mm-hmm. her background check wasn't coming back. She had she had like loads of addresses on her background check information so her background check um, wasn't coming back so we pushed her start date out mm-hmm. to make sure we would get it in time
0: yeah and then we started her in the office because she said she wanted to work mm-hmm. and we just had her do paperwork she didn't see any patient information right she was just like doing some admin stuff
1: yes um it was a more it was the her first day and I still remember um, I get a call I was we were in the Seattle office and I get a call from the Linwood office because this individual started at the Linwood office. Um, and the call comes and she was like, the they were like, oh, um, this individual started um, their job today. And it was like probably the first hour, or second hour of their position. And they're like, their background check came back. And I'm like, and what? And you remember what they said?
0: They said she's a pedophile.
1: Yes. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, she is a pedophile. And I was like, explain to me, what does a background check say? And they said that she's a sex offender.
0: That was crazy. I, I almost fell over when you told me that.
1: I was shocked out of my mind that this individual decided not to disclose this information and didn't think that we would find out.
0: I know. And I'm, I was really happy that, we, you know, we always take precautions and she never had access to any patient data mm-hmm. because we, I know we take care of children. Correct. Yeah, we, we have we have pictures of children that I've done surgeries on who are under um eight, you know, obviously they're children. And um I was like, oh my goodness. So you know? then
1: I told them, I told the Linwood office to take her into a room, make sure there's two people in the room, and then they, they called me and put me on speaker and then you know then they, we called a lawyer. Yes. We and called then, our lo-
0: our medical law firm. Yes.
1: Yeah, so on one line we called the medical law firm. On the other line, this individual with two other of our senior leads were in a room. Um, And the medical um, law firm said that, unfortunately, we're unable to um, continue our employment with our office.
0: And we called the lawyer just to make sure we can legitimately fire her and not have an issue because there's all these laws that you got to work around when you have employees. Right. And we always want to follow the law. And the lawyers were like, totally fine. You know, get rid of her ASAP.
1: Correct. It said you have to escort her right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to get, you know, idea of what this individual was thinking, we asked her, we said, um, you know, what? what's the story behind this? Can you tell us a little bit? And she says, um, oh, um, many, many years ago, my partner was. Um, uh, he had naked pictures of. Yeah, so he. Or was, minors or something. Yes, yeah, so she said that he was caught uh, b- uh, due to um, child pornography. Yeah. Um, and she said she had nothing to do with it, and her partner had everything to do with it. And then I said, well, then why is it on your record? And she told us that, well, um, when it all went down and, you know, we were kind of they kind of found out that it was us, um, the police or the FBI, whoever the people are that come and get you. um, They basically told her that if she was to. um, Tell the police or the officials against that guy that she was with, um, they would let her go. And they would put the entire jail time on him, and she ended up doing that, which is why I think her partner got all the jail time, and she was let go of it, but they said that it was, she would still be registered as a sex offender.
0: And she had probation or something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That was unbelievable. How do you come to a medical practice, mm-hmm. lie about your background, fill out a background check, mm-hmm. lie on that, and then expect to get away with it?
1: Yeah. That's really sad.
0: It was so sad, you know. It makes you really realize that sometimes, and I hate to say this, the people that you least expect to be people you can't trust are the ones that sometimes are the ones you trust. You you end up trusting the least because of their actions. Mm-hmm. You know, you, most-
1: I would have never imagined, never in a million years, that she would have been a sex offender.
0: Oh, that was so crazy, you know. I'm just happy I didn't have any of grandma's cookies. <laughs> me too. Oh god, that was wild. And she remember, tried. She tried to hug me. Remember when one of our staff was pregnant at the time? Yeah. And she was like, "Oh, I saw her looking at my baby."
1: <laughs> she was like, "I'm not walking her out. I need a <laughs> chaperone." <laughs> And two of our staff leads had to <laughs> escort her out of the building.
0: Oh my God. She only lasted two hours. Two hours. You know, I, I, have, a, I have a record for less. <laughs> oh God. Um, I'm going to talk about that one today.
1: Um, so, what's our,
0: what's our next one? Our last one.
1: Our last one for today is going to be um, piercings.
0: Oh my goodness. Guys, this is a public service announcement, okay? <laughs> so, before we do surgery, All of our patients meet with our nurse three weeks before, and they go through the checklist, right, Sabrina? Yes. Now, what does the checklist say about piercings?
1: Remove all piercings before your surgery date. And then they sign a form about that too, right? Yes, they sign a consent that says, I have removed all of my piercings before my surgery date.
0: So we go to do surgery on this patient. They have a lot of piercings. They tell us they've taken everything out. Now when now when people have a lot of piercings, we're like extra cautious. We're like, are you sure everything is out? We like, three people ask them: the anesthesia provider, the nurse, and I do, and we all verified.
1: And can you tell everyone a little bit about why it's important to remove
0: the piercings? Oh yeah, absolutely. So when we do surgery, we use electrocautery in the surgery. Electrocautery also known as what I call the fire stick. Smoky stick. Yes, yes, a smoky stick. Um, It looks like a pen that you hold in your hand. It's hooked up to a wire to a base machine, and that emits heat in the form of electricity, and you use it to stop blood vessels and to cut tissue. So it's a really critical tool in surgery. Now, when you use that device, you have to have the patient grounded. We put a pad on their thigh, and that absorbs any of the current. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the current goes through the body. So if you have metal anywhere in your body or piercings that are metal, they will attract electricity from the pen and the patient will get a permanent burn and that tissue will melt. There has been there have been cases where people have lost their ears. They've had parts of their genitals deformed because mm-hmm. they had genital piercings. Nipples, so we are super careful because the last thing we want from an elective surgery, someone having a wild complication, those burns are not repairable. Once tissue is dead, it's dead, and it gets replaced with really thick scar tissue, and it's disfiguring it. Horrendous. Mm-hmm. So we have this patient with a lot of piercings, pretty normal in Seattle. Everybody has piercings. So we, they take all their piercings off. They go to the OR. So in the OR the patient is um put to sleep like normal, and then when when they're put to sleep, we have to put in a catheter for doing a long surgery or certain surgeries, so the the urine can drain during the surgery in the catheter. So the nurse goes in and put the catheter and she stops and I'm in the room, you know, um uh, getting ready for the surgery, going through the list with the with the other nurse, and she's like, "Doctor, I can't put the catheter." I'm like, what do you mean you can't put the catheter? She's like, I can't put the catheter. And we're like, what's going on? And she said, the nurse told us there are piercings in the area of the vagina.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So the patient didn't tell us and they left piercings in their vagina. They had three piercings. Wow. And now we're in this conundrum of a situation, right? So what do we do with these piercings? We don't have consent to take them off. Um, Do, uh, do we just leave them and do the surgery? What did we do? So we had our anesthesia provider, Patrick, who's really familiar with piercings because he's seen so many of them. And they all were glass or plastic. Oh, good. So there were three piercings. So if they're glass or plastic, we still don't want them in the area um, just because it could cause pressure or other issues. So he looked at them. They were in a safe area. And we decided not to remove them because we didn't want to damage their tissue. None of us are experts in vaginal piercings. So we left the uh, piercings there. There was no metal on them, thank God, or I would have had to cancel the surgery. Wow! And then we did the surgery, and things went great. There was no damage, but that could have been a near cancel, mm-hmm. and it would have been a tremendous cost to everybody and risk had we not even looked and been thorough.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, because the patient was already asleep, so you couldn't even get the consent.
0: Yeah, that was that was that was something else. Piercings are dangerous, guys. No one wants you to remove them without a reason. The reason we remove them is purely for the safety of our patients.
1: Yep.
0: Sabrina, you you help so many patients through the process of surgery. Um, we can say without hesitation, thank God, you know, you never had anything done, right? People ask that all the time. Yes, I haven't got anything done. I'm just going to put it out there, okay? So people can <laughs> stop asking. So in in helping all these patients through their journeys, if you had to tell people one thing um, th- that would help them prepare for surgery or for their consultation, what would that be?
1: Um, I think um, the most important thing I see um, throughout our practice and uh, an advice that I would give to new patients um, that are coming for their consultation is to definitely do your homework and research so that you're able to ask the right questions at your consultation. Um, I cannot tell you how many times we have patients come in for their consultation. Um, They haven't done their homework. They're not prepared to ask the right questions with the doctor. Um, and many times they will leave after the consultation and give us a call within the next day or week or you know a month and ask more questions and that's perfectly fine. Everyone's you know everyone can ask as many questions as possible, but it's really important that when they're coming in for their consultation. Um, they have the right questions um, that they can ask directly to the doctor, um, because a lot of times if there's a patient that does give us a call back um, and has follow up questions, uh, what we do is we set up another consultation appointment or we set up a phone call. And a lot of times the doctor's schedule is really busy um, and they want their questions answered really quickly. And that might take a week or two weeks, might take a month to get them on the schedule. Um, So it's really important that when they do come in for their consultation, just ask the right questions, do your homework, take your time. um, So that way you're prepared for your consultation.
0: That's great advice. One of the things I, I really believe in is you have to be comfortable, confident, and certain about your procedure and your doctor. And the only way you can do that is by doing what you just said. Sabrina, thank you so much for joining us. You all can find Sabrina on Instagram, <laughs> at Sabrina Sajan.
1: No, it's Mrs. Sajan.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, yes, at Mrs. Sajan. Thanks for listening to the Plastic Surgeon Podcast. And tune in next week where I have an amazing patient who is a physician. She's going to talk about bot surgery that she had that I repaired. It's going to be a phenomenal story. Catch us on all social media, at Real Dr. Seattle. And you can watch me on Snapchat, at Real Dr. Seattle. Watch my surgeries live. Bam, what?